Ah, g'day, welcome back all. So I'm just about to um, continue from where I left off at about an hour and 15 on my last broadcast. This is um, continuing with Max Egan and um, Marion Hanane, H-E-N-E-I-N. And um, so I was right at 59.40. Okay, I'm not going to take it back because uh, I'll probably do something wrong here. So I'm just going to click play from where we last took off. And then if um, people around me might just have a call in line, if not, I might just play some, might just cut it at that and um, or play some shenanigans at the end of it for a little bit. But anyway, we'll see where we go. All right, enjoy. I, I would argue, at least when I grew up, Montreal or growing up in Canada, coming to America, I still, maybe it's because I'm Egyptian, Greek, and like Montreal was very ethnic and mixed but it's only when I came to America that I even was asked, what race are you? And uh, it was it was a big culture shock going from Montreal to... to um... Well, that's the, that's the culture. That's the, that's the, the mentality of the people. You know, the, the mentality so, of the people in Australia. I mean, I call the place Apatralia because they're just... <laughs> I love them, but they're, they're as apathetic as, as you can get really fluoridated my connection isn't to the people i mean i, I love the people i love the australian people they're beautiful people my connection is to the, is to the ground the earth itself to the rocks to the trees to the soil you know yeah. there's something about that there's there's a certain spiritual connection you have to country you know and the aboriginals they just call the place country they don't call it australia it's called country you're in, in the sea or in the country standing on country you know, it doesn't matter where you are in Australia, you're standing on the country, you know, and it's yeah. kind of like that in Turtle Island as well. Wherever you are in, in Turtle Island, you're standing on country. If your connection is to the country or, or is it to the culture, is it to right. this superficial matrix they've created over the top of country, you know? Um, that's what I feel when I go to places. I, I feel country. I feel the land. Like, like when I go to Europe, I feel it doesn't matter whether I'm in, in Amsterdam, whether I'm in Croatia, whether I'm in Spain. It's country that I'm, I'm connected to. You know? Yeah, I'm trying to think which land I've. I, I maybe Greece. I felt connected there. I also felt when I went when I visited um, the Cannes. I was in Cannes one summer, and I, I really liked the south of south of France. I really felt like a mm. connection. Well, one of the most powerful places I've ever. Sorry, I'm butting in. You drop no out, problem. and I think you finished talking. But, uh, my connection's so bad. One of the one of the most profound places I've ever been, and one of the places I felt more connected to the earth, and I could literally feel it, like an energy wave in my body as soon as I stepped on the soil, is Gaza, and uh, oh. that's, that's one of the reasons why I'm so outspoken about Gaza as well. Because I when did Gaza you visit? I went there in 2012. I snuck in through the tunnels in 2012. Snuck in through a rebel tunnel. Didn't tell Hamas we were coming. Didn't tell anyone we were coming. We just snuck in there. And I ran around with a video camera for 10 days. Ended up getting detained by Hamas. They wanted to know how I got into their country and all sorts of stuff. And um, they were very kind to me. They were great. Like, no problem at all. Ended up giving me a driver and supplying me with a ride back to Cairo and all sorts of stuff. I mean, I didn't uh, experience them as a terrorist organization at all. But when I got into Gaza Strip, I could literally feel the energy of the ground. It's, it's a. I can see why it's it's uh, such a disputed territory. Wow. There's something incredibly powerful about wow. that particular. And now they're destroying the, the 
the land. They're bombing the shit out of everything. Yeah, they're destroying and carrying out a major genocide, the worst genocide we've seen in modern history that I've been focused on for like the last three months. I'm sure people are getting bored with my radio shows and my video reports because it's all been about Gaza. But uh, I have friends there. I mean, I've had so many friends die. I've got one friend left alive in Gaza Strip. He has a small daughter. He's a wonderful guy. I've had like you know, 12 of my friends die in Gaza since 2014. And... Oh. Um, it's been it's been very sad, but it, it's an amazing energy in that place. I can see why it's disputed and why it's it's been in the forefront of so many people's minds for so many years, because there's just something about it. You know, the Holy Land. I guess there's there's a lot of stuff happening. I mean, the basis of all religions are there. It's interesting that Israel wants to control that and wants to control Jerusalem and, and build their third temple when it's actually the, the head of you know it's the birthplace of not only Israel but also not only like Judaism, but also Christianity and also Islam. They all come from this same area. And when you go to Jerusalem, like the Christian churches and the, the mosques and the, and the synagogues are all within you know, walking distance of each other or kind of around the one square. And they all got along fine. Same thing in Cairo. I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when I went, I, I went to an old part in Cairo and there was like a synagogue and there was a Christian, a Coptic church and they were in very close proximity, and uh, yeah. I, I found that very interesting. Well, it's never been a problem. The problem that we hear that Christians and Muslims are always at war with each other is ridiculous. Um, they all live together. In Gaza Strip, I went to one building, and it had a door on the corner. It was on the corner of a block, and it had a door on the corner at an angle, and you walk in the door, and on the right side of the room was a mosque, and on the left side of the room was a church, the one room, and they used to go in there and pray together. There's no problem with any of them, you know? And there used to be 30 to 35% of the population of Palestine was Christian as well. A lot of them have been chased out now, I believe, by Israel. But uh, that's just the way it goes. I mean, it's interesting, like I said, that they want to control that and they'll lock all the Christians out. I mean, the, the, one of the oldest churches in the world uh, in Jerusalem was, was uh, burnt down by Israelis about two or three years ago. They bombed a, a church from the 11th century in Gaza the other day. They're just reducing everything to rubble. It's ethnic cleansing, what we're seeing there in Gaza. They don't intend to allow any buildings to, to stay standing. Even when they take over a suburb, they go through any buildings that are left vaguely standing. They go through the explosive charges through all of them, and they film themselves, blowing them all up. They're levelling entire neighbourhoods, entire suburbs. As they go south, they're making sure not one single building is left standing. You know? how, how could you say, how could you treat holy land by causing death like isn't that like uh contradiction? well they revel in it they, they, they revel in this stuff that they view palestinians as animals i mean some of the stuff that i've had on my on my videos recently like girls like a young girl they're saying i was in the army i killed two palestinians and i'm saying yeah, I, I, saw saw that. I want to kill more and more and more and more you know and it's good it's great but she, you know? she had demons that girl like when i yeah, so they, when they all deserve to die this is the way they feel it's just programming of the, it's one of the most programmed countries on earth i mean literally programmed there's a film you can see on my website crowhouse.com you go there click recommended viewing you'll find a film there in the list called defamation and it uh, it, it goes through the uh, the um, journey of a young schoolgirl who didn't quite buy into the whole victim mentality that the jews present themselves as being israelis present themselves as being they take her around they tour the 
the uh, death camps in Germany and all sorts of stuff, and they browbeat this girl into compliance. She ends up too scared to leave her hotel room because everybody hates the Jews so much at the end of this, this defamation film, and she starts off just a normal girl. You know, and, and you know, there's people on the street, German people, they're trying to talk to them, and the, the tour guide's saying, well, don't talk to those people, they want to kill you. you know, and they're putting this programming into them that, that everybody hates the Jews and that if you're not a Jew, you're an animal. Go and have a look at that film. Wow. And, yeah. and this is what's presented to all of the kids. I mean, it's incredibly programmed, and um, uh, they, they just don't care. They view the Palestinians as animals. It's taught to them that, uh, you know, Pregnant women are the best things to target because one shot, two kills. Um, you should kill their children. You should kill their animals, kill their goats, kill their dogs, kill their cats, kill everything because they are all terrorists. They're all animals and none of them have a right to exist. They all deserve death. That, that's the mentality. So very hard to, to get that out of people. You can't try to talk to them to be reasonable about things because this is just what they say. And they'll tell you that's what Hamas, that's what the Palestinians are trained and brought up to hate the Jews. It's actually the other way around. And all you've got to do is go and listen to some of their testimonies, you know. And the Jews are saying, I mean, the Palestinians are saying, no, we don't hate them because they're Jews. We hate the oppression. We hate them because they're stealing our land and they're oppressing us and they're stealing our people and stealing our children and shooting us and killing us and depriving us of all our rights. It wouldn't matter who they were. It wouldn't matter if they were black or white or, or what religion they come from. It's the oppression. It's the occupation that we are against. We don't care whether they're Jews or Muslims or Christians or what they are. So you've got to really look at things from a, from a deeper level. And well, um, yes, going there and experiencing the people and experiencing a culture which was, was mainly children. You know, I just found a world of children in Gaza. I found so many wow. so many kids. And the average age in Gaza even today, like 75% of uh, people in Gaza are 17 years old or, or younger, 75%. You know, it's just a war against children. It's not a war. It's, it's a genocide. It takes two armies to have a war. They've got a wall around the place. They've got all the entrances blocked off, saying, oh, we're telling them to leave. But then we blow up the entrances so they can't. We send them to a safe zone. Then we bomb the safe zone. Now they've, they've sent everybody down to Khan Yunus. They've just bombed the hell out of Khan Yunus. They've got them all sheltering in Rafa. Now they're bombing the hell out of Rafa. You know, it, it's genocide, pure and simple, uh, whatever. And the, the propaganda on Twitter every day is, is really oh, yeah. it's trying serious. to justify it. Uh, bring them home, bring them home. We could end the war tomorrow if, if all the hostages are released and Hamas surrenders. There are no hostages left. If there are any hostages, Israel's already bombed them all. And we don't even know, like, if there's any Hamas members left. They're calling everybody Hamas. Anybody who's, who's a male, they're just kidnapping males from refugee camps, stripping them down naked to their, to their underwear and say, oh, we caught all these Hamas terrorists. Reports from Gaza say, well, they're just coming and taking all the males out of the refugee camp and calling them Hamas. And parading them on the news and saying we've caught more terrorists. No but this is, any terrorists. It's caused it's caused a lot of division. I mean, I consciously have not touched the topic because I'm against uh, against death and bullying, and also because I think the topic is a, a trap. I understand. Obviously, you've been there, and people have to speak out. Yeah. When in the beginnings, going on the Twitter spaces. They were, some of them were so full of propaganda and they're also pretty much divisive. So I would just yeah, yeah. listen. And, it's just and, hard because I've got friends there and right, I feel like right. I owe it to them, same as I would if, if you were there, darling, you know. But I mean, I think there's a bigger picture as well. I think Israel wants us to hate them. I, I think that Israel, they're, they're planning on, on destroying Israel. 
even Henry Kissinger said in 10 years, Israel will cease to exist. That was 12 and years what, ago. What do you think about all the people being vaccinated, that they vaccinated their... Yeah, yeah. yeah most of them. Um, one of the highest vaccination rates in the world, with, if you can believe it. I mean, whether it was saline or, or whether they actually did. There's been people dropping off having heart attacks on the battlefield, so maybe they did. But, I mean, they, they plan on building the Ben-Gurion Canal. They want to block off the sewers. Like, they want to take, uh, like, the Suez Canal is, is one of the main uh, sources of income for Egypt. They make a lot of money from the Suez Canal. Uh, if Israel can build the Ben-Gurion Canal, and that's gazetted to run through northern Gaza, um, then they can completely block Israel, I mean, block um, uh, Egypt out of the picture as far as world trade goes. It will be shorter to go through the new canal that Israel wants to build. So it's going to take a, you know, a few days or another week off the, the travel time. So that's going to be attractive to them. What they're doing in Ukraine, I mean, Zelensky is a, is a Jew and they're depopulating Ukraine. They've sent so many people off to the front to die, everyone between like 18 and 80. 18 and 60 has been sent to the front to die. They even recruited Americans. They recruited Americans to be in it. They had a segment. Sorry to interrupt you. They had a segment yeah. on NBC News for free. Come and fight this war that you know nothing about and risk yeah. your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. And they've sent, because they've sent all the Ukraine men off and they're running out of men. So now they're sending women to the front. They even, I had it on my report a, a few weeks ago, new armor they've developed for pregnant women. Body armor for pregnant what? women, right? Like this, yeah, oh yeah, we're so humane that we're sending pregnant women to a battlefront to do battle with Russian tanks, right? So though I think they intend to repopulate most of Ukraine. A lot of the people from Israel are going to move to Ukraine. So you've got this whole Belt and Road Initiative coming out of China as well. The new Silk Road they want to build, the new trade thing. They blew up the Nord Stream pipeline a year or two ago, stop all that, cut all the energy supply off to Europe. So they could create their new pipeline, which opened the day after, which was a pipeline from, from Iceland or something. I might have that wrong, but somewhere up there, there was a new pipeline that, that opened the day after they bombed the Nord Stream pipeline. And you've got this whole new Belt and Road thing happening. Israel's going to play a significant part in that. It's going to be a midway port. If they can control it by putting in the new Ben-Gurion channel, the new Ben-Gurion canal, then that will be a major seaport for the new... Uh, Belt and Road Initiative, and Ukraine is one of the main food producers on Earth, one of the main producers of grain and all sorts of stuff. So if that's controlled by Israel, if most of the population moves out of there because Israel has, can't function the way it is, I mean, if anything, I mean, I wouldn't even be surprised if we see a Palestinian state come out of what, what Israel has done. It's really exposed itself to the world, and I, I can't see it surviving what it's done. I can't play the Holocaust card anymore. Can't play the anti-Semitic card anymore. Can't claim, oh, there was a Holocaust in World War Two. while we're carrying out a Holocaust against the Palestinian people. That's I mean, the thing, right? That's the thing of, like, don't you learn from your mistakes? Why, why would exactly. you so, uh, Exactly. Uh, I'd be surprised if Israel survives this. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of Jews move to Ukraine and that puts them in control of one of the main roads out of China for the Belt and Road Initiative, and it puts them in control of the main port for the sea travel for the new Belt and Road Initiative. Gives them control of both places. Because even even if a Palestinian state does get formed out of what's happening in Israel, Israel will still control the port through the Ben-Gurion Channel, you know. So, who knows oh, how, when how is it all when, when is this war going to end? And when is the war, like, the, this rift between Palestine and Israel is so ancient, it goes, and people don't understand the well, it's only, it's only 
it only really goes back to 1948, though. I mean, it all goes back to the turn of the last century, 1890, really, uh, when when Jews, when when Theodore Herschel wrote the whole Zionist manifesto, you know, about forming an Israeli state in Palestine. Before that, I mean, the Jews been kicked out of so many countries, 100, 109 countries, 1,030 times over the last 2,000 years, they've been kicked out of places because they're trying to they get into places they try to take over, make it their country, undermine the culture. Even what they tried to do in Germany. They, there was a, a guy called Theodore Kaufmann wrote a manifesto in 1941 about how they want to exterminate the German people. They called it the final solution. You know, the, the whole concept of the final solution that we hear at World War was, the, was Hitler wanting to exterminate the Jews. Now, actually, the term final solution was created by a Jewish man called Theodore Kaufmann, who spoke about how they wanted to eradicate all Germans because they wanted to take over Germany. You know, Hitler ended up moving them all down to Palestine in 1933 with a transfer agreement, blah, blah, blah. But before then, I mean, they got kicked out of so many countries through Europe so many times that, that, and they always found shelter in Palestine. And even in the 1890s, the Palestinians welcomed them in. Come and stay. It's all good. You know, and then they just gradually took over the place. So, you know, the whole rift between the Palestinians and the, and the uh, Jews really started in 1947 yeah even even i know ancient's not the best word but like people don't remember what happened last year let alone in 19 yeah. my, my my point is just people aren't going to be like if i'm going to have a comment like you've done research i the only i could just say i'm against death i'm against bullying but i would have to it's 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 very intricate like the shit between and Anything you say now, you're an anti-Semite. That's that's part of the that's part of the design. Like this whole shit, like with Elon Musk saying, sorry, not shit, but Elon Musk saying you'll have freedom of speech, but you won't have freedom of reach. That's an ADL. That's the anti-defamation league. Yeah. So he's pretending that he's taking on the ADL, just like um, Sasha Baron Cohen in twenty. 19 is the one who first said you'll have freedom of speech but you won't have freedom of reach the adl hired sasha baron cohen to give their their speech to the silicone six pretending like i'm going to reprimand you google meanwhile google's working with the adl and it's all a sham show and they're doing it the same thing again making it seem that elon is going to you know yes there's more there's more freedom of speech now because it's an election year and we're all data points. But you, people have to understand, like the the whole world's run by one one cabal, you know, one criminal organisation. Um, sure, Zionism's got a, a reasonable um, stake in it all, but these people don't give a damn about Israel. They don't give a damn about the Jewish people. It's all about reaching a certain right. agenda and, and reaching a certain goal. And if they have to hang Israel and the Jewish people had to try to do it, they've got no problem at all in doing that. Yeah. You know, so uh, it, it's all about reshaping the world this great reset it isn't just locking us all down into smart cities and stuff they're reshaping the entire world shifting the power balance completely and as i've said the only way to bring the united states down is to bring it down from within and the only thing that has managed to keep the united states afloat so far is because the united the u.s dollar is the world reserve currency that's how the united states has managed to get into so much debt and it's managed to basically maintain its lifestyle when Putin went into Russia, which was perfectly timed for, you know, when their, their COVID narrative is running out of steam. He could have gone in there eight years earlier, but he didn't. He went in exactly when they needed him to. You know, they've been massively laundering uh, money through Ukraine, send all the old weapons stock there and, and give 
um, Zelensky a blank check. Oh, he gave, you know, $10 billion to Zelensky. Well, he spends that back in the United States. All that money goes straight back to the United States, back to the politicians. He bought a house, too, in Miami. He bought yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and all of those, those old weapons get shipped over to Ukraine. He puts them in a stockpile. Russia comes and bombs the stockpile, you know. I've done that a couple of times. They've all been destroyed. You send billions of dollars of weapons over there, put them all in one place, Russia comes and bombs them. You know, he went in there at exactly the right time. It's all theatre. It's all, all being micromanaged to, to present the world collapse in a way that is believable to the people. All these, oh, it's Russia for invading Ukraine, and it's, it's the Palestinians for invading Israel, and it's all this sort of stuff. And the, the Palestinian issue pulls at the heartstrings of everybody. So you want to get Yemen involved. You want to get Syria involved, Lebanon. You want Iran to come to the party. You want to create a world war out of it, depopulation. They want to obliterate anything. There's a lot of really good old buildings, a lot of old technology, a lot of old structures in Iran. They want to bring all that down. I mean, Iran hasn't been bombed in 275 years. We can't have that. They've still got old buildings there that, that may produce energy. They've got old technology there, Tartarian technology. We've got to eliminate all this sort of stuff. So that's what the plan is. And, and, and people have to look at it and see. And it, it goes far deeper than just a, a, a fight between the Muslims and the Christians or the Muslims and the, and the Jews or any of this sort of stuff. This is all surface-level theatrics. This is about a great reset on every single level, introducing smart cities and control surveillance every single place on Earth and introducing an entirely new money system. And like I said, when, when Russia invaded Ukraine, the first thing Biden did was he locked Russia out of the world reserve currency. And I said, this has never been done in the history of the world before. Have they locked one particular country out of the world reserve currency because of a war? Didn't do it in World War Two. They didn't lock Germany out of the world reserve currency. Is because it NATO that agreed? Is it NATO that kicked them out, or which body? No, it was Joe Biden. Joe he Biden basically it. put sanctions on them and said you can't, you can't use, you can't trade in the U.S. dollar anymore. Yet all trade is oh, done yeah. in the U.S. dollar. And so you suddenly had all these countries around the world going, "Hmm, hang on a minute." You're telling me we can't, you're going to, the United States is now going to dictate what we can and cannot buy, when we can and cannot go shopping. We can only go shopping if we're doing what the United States says. So how is the United States going to be a responsible person to run the world reserve currency? So then we came, BRICS came online. And BRICS came online like 10 years ago, they tried to do this, or 20 years ago, and there was wars and all sorts of stuff to stop it happening. Now it's happening. No one's really talking about it. It's just going on on the side because that's the plan because that's the only way you bring down the United States. China's been buying the United States national debt for, for years. So basically China owns the United States. If it decides to fall grows on its debt, you know, you, you could sell every single mineral in the United States and every single house and every single object and every single person into slavery and you still wouldn't pay off the interest on the loan the United States has with China. So China owns the United States already. If the United States loses its position as a world reserve currency, suddenly you're going to be walking down the store with a wheelbarrow full of currency. It's going to be like Venezuela-style inflation you're going to see in the United States, and the country's going to be worth nothing. That's how to bring it down. And the, the, reason, the way to start that ball rolling is for Biden to block Russia out of using the world reserve currency because it invaded Ukraine, which it actually didn't. Ukraine's been killing Russians in, in, that, in Donbass for eight years. So, you know, the whole thing's contrived, darling. But this will bring about this whole new Belt and Road system, the Chinese social credit system, which is what they want in all countries. They've perfected it in China. We're seeing now the locks going on the doors and locks going on the food cabinets in supermarkets, the breakdown of our social structure, people just smashing stuff and shootings and 
smack all over the streets. The situation in Philadelphia with Trank and, and people using fentanyl, I mean, it's, it's out of control. And that's going on in San Francisco as well as in San Francisco like six months ago and after town's closed. Your whole blocks are closed. I was trying to get a, a new path for my camera. And I'm catching taxis around to these places that have got this this path. In San Francisco? Closed. Yeah. Oh, shopping centres closed, you know? In San Francisco or... San Francisco. Or... Yeah, it's a shithole. I, that's where I was living. I, yeah, I it's incredible. It. But you've got whole city blocks are just closed down. Okay. And, and it's happening yeah. all around the United States, you know? So yes. once they crash the currency, they've destroyed like a thousand food plants in the last 12 months or two years as well. Once they crash the currency and BRICS comes online, it's going to be all over for the United States. And that's the only way you could ever bring it down. And this is something I predicted back in 2008. I said you're being set up for a fall. All this international codependency, everyone's lost their life skills. They're all living off food trucks. No one knows how to survive in the world anymore. All you got to do is stop those food trucks blowing. It isn't just food. It's everything. Everything in your house came off a truck. You know, the, the lighter, the, the pen, the, the pocket knife, the chair I'm sitting on. I didn't build any of this. I bought it from a store and it was delivered to them on a truck. All you got to do is stop the trucks and everything stops. And people don't know what to do from that point because they're trapped in cities and the whole place will just implode. All they've got to do is crash the U.S. currency. And they did that. They started that ball rolling when they blocked Russia out of using the world reserve currency so because of Ukraine. Do you think it will happen before this election? I mean, the election... Are we going to even have in America an election since it's also corrupt and... What difference does it make? Right, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if Trump gets back in. I wouldn't be surprised if they put Michelle Obama in there. To, That's to, what Joel uh, Gilbert thinks. Shout out to yeah. Joel Gilbert, my friend, filmmaker. He wrote, he made a movie, Michelle Obama, twenty twenty four. He's waiting. He thinks it's going to be Michelle. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, she's went on on record the other day saying she can't sleep at night, scared of what's going to happen in the election. You know, really? Totally. Yeah, yeah, that? just, yeah, oh, that's yeah, that's maybe a prompt. I saw an article yesterday where she she's just sitting on the news saying like she can't sleep at night. She's so terrified of what may happen to the United States in, at the next election. She's been totally for the job, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, all the books, all the as a fashion. I mean, if you see the movie, Michelle I mean, Obama. I mean, someone to come straight out of left field and take the take the stand. Who do you think would do that best, Michelle Obama? That's you know, right. And Trump and all this sort of Trump was a puppet. I mean, for God's sake, I can't believe people are still um, on the Trump train. Uh, it's incredible. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if they do that. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. You put a piece of toast in there. I've often said put a piece of toast in front of this chair, give it a little electronic arm so it can sign executive orders, and it would be a better president than just about anyone that you've had. You know? It doesn't matter. What do you think of RFK, Jr.? What do you think of who? RFK. RFK, no, I don't trust him. He totally supports what Israel's doing in uh, in Gaza. I don't trust him at all. I don't trust any of them. He's not he's not uh, like his uh, his uncle. Um, you look at he, what, what? How did JFK die? JFK wanted to go and um, investigate the nuclear weapons facilities and stuff in Israel, and then he suddenly died. Um, yeah, I think there's a, something that connects the two, but. Um, yeah, I don't trust RFK. I, I think he's uh, he's sold out. I think he's he's good on the surface, but he's not speaking out against this genocide in Gaza. He's just saying Israel has a right to defend itself. This isn't self-defense. This is genocide. 
Palestinians have a right to defend themselves as well. Israel's an occupying force. It's not defending itself. It's occupying. It's attacking. Palestinians, who they say attacked Israel, are actually defending themselves. Do people, because um, as I said, I haven't been covering this, do, do people get... That's a fair statement that it's it's not really uh, a fair war. Um, do do you think uh, Jews accept that, or is that inflammatory to say? Oh yeah, that's anti-Semitic to say that. You can't even accuse them of genocide. No, it's it's Hamas that's committing genocide because fourteen hundred Israelis died. Even though the fourteen hundred Israelis died, it has been admitted that most of them were killed by the IDF. When the IDF arrived, seven hours before they arrived, the people say they were they were being treated very well by Hamas. And uh, when the IDF arrived, they just started shooting everybody. Well, who created shooting Hamas? You what? Who created Hamas? Well, Hamas was created in 1986. Um, Israel basically put them in into exactly. a position in Gaza where they could be uh, voted. But in 1987, they wrote their charter. I mean, Hamas approached Israel in 1986, and they said, um, we will be a representative of the Palestinian people. And if you go back to the 1967 borders, we will agree to a two-state solution and we'll lay down our arms. We can live in, in peace, two countries together, side by side, living in peace. Israel rejected that and basically said, no, we're going to continue expanding and putting in our settlements. And basically said, no, you know, we're going to genocide the people of Palestine, is what they were saying with that statement, or by effect, refusing the peace officer. So then in 1987, the Hamas Charter was written basically said, no, we're, gonna, we're not going to negotiate. We're just going to take back the whole country. And now Israel says, well, you see the Hamas Charter. It's calling for the genocide of Israel, calling for the removal of Israel completely to own everything from the river to the sea. Yeah. It's exactly what Israel told Hamas it was going to do in 1986. And when Hamas walked up against it, now that's what Israel used. So all you can see, the Hamas Charter, it says that it wants to eradicate Israel. That was a response to Israel rejecting the, the, the peace okay. offering. Let's both lay down our arms and go back to the 1967 borders, you know. You know, the 1948 borders were, were bad enough. The 1967 borders gave you control of a whole bunch of, of, of Palestine. We're okay with that. We'll let you have that. Just let us have what it says here in the 1967 agreement, UN agreement. And uh, no, the uh, Israelis wouldn't do that. So that's what the Hamas Charter was all about. Then in, uh, in uh, 2005... I mean, Yasser Arafat was really working towards getting a two-state solution happening in, uh, in Palestine. And so Israel brought Hamas in there and gave them a lot of funding and put them up for election so you could vote for, for either Fatah or Hamas. And the people voted for Hamas. As soon as Hamas got elected, they cancelled all elections from that point. They actually seized power by force because Fatah didn't want to leave because they said, they're going, no, these guys are sus. These guys are funded by Israel. And Israel's been funding them ever since. Even Benjamin Netanyahu said it's Israel's best interests to make sure Hamas is well-funded because that gives us an opportunity to, to create. If you, if, if you don't want to see a two-state solution, you never want to see a Palestinian state, make sure Hamas is well-funded because that serves oh, us. Because then we can just name them as a terrorist organization and there's no negotiation possible. You know? And that's what they did. You know, it, it's all contrived. In, in 2007, they locked the borders down, named them a terrorist organisation, and they'd put them in place for you to vote for anyway. And uh, it's been that way ever since. And with what happened on October 6, I mean, if Israel didn't stage this whole thing themselves, then they were absolutely in on it. They stood down for seven or eight hours. And then when they came in, they made sure the 
body count was high. There's, there's so many reports in Israeli media that you're not seeing on Twitter and you're not yeah. seeing reported by CNN, which clearly show that most of the people died at the hands of, of IDF. IDF, there's video footage of them um, strafing houses and, and cars and people running away from the concert with, with hellfire missiles. Some of the burnt bodies you've seen in, in cars, these bodies aren't burnt, these are incinerated. Hamas doesn't possess the technology for that. These are hellfire missiles that have done this. This is Israeli technology from helicopters and from tanks. And a lot of people have reported this is what, what's happening and what, what <coughs> the people. And uh, Israel's been using this as an excuse to go in and commit genocide. It's, it's horrific. Just, you mean, you mean my point, Max, that you, you're able to relay dates and uh, history, chain of events. And I think in order to speak intelligently about this topic, you would need to do your homework to have some context as to all the things that have occurred, even if it is just since 1948, because a lot of shit has occurred and there's a lot of lies. So mm. that's why I personally don't speak on it because I'm not educated to... to it's, a, it's a complicated issue, but it's, it's actually quite simple, but there's so many little rabbit holes and little details, like, like the fact of the Hamas charter, why they created it. A lot of people don't know that they offered Israel peace in 1986. That's basically why Hamas won be a representative and to say we will lay down our arms if you go back to the 1967 borders and stop expanding but israel refused to do that and said that? continue expanding that's when they wrote the hamas charter which is basically to counteract israel's objective to basically ethnically cleanse all of palestine and take the whole country you know is that back on the table a two-state solution well not now they're saying i mean and how the thing is, they're saying, you know, we're trying to um, get rid of Hamas so that, you know, we're trying to free Gaza from Hamas. But like I said, they're destroying every single building in Gaza. There's, there's going to be nowhere for the people to return to. And if Gaza does stay on the map as Gaza, it's going to be governed by Israel. And they're trying to relocate all the Palestinian people. There's more palace like Tony Blair in now to organise relocating the Palestinian people to negotiate with Arab countries. There's another thing Israel says, you know, why don't the Arab countries take them as refugees? Because it shows how they're terrorists. They don't want them as refugees, you know? No, they don't want to negotiate with Israel about how to remove these people from their country. The Palestinians oh, yeah. don't want to be refugees. They want their own land. Right. But, but they're making sure that they can't. There'll be nothing left standing. There won't be one building left standing in Gaza by the time Israel finishes. So this is likely to go on for another year, at least this war. How long That's has it been so far? Since three months. All right, I'm going to look at my notes. There is one line that you said, uh, face infinity without flinching. I really like that. And if you can... Face infinity without flinching. There's a lot of people, I get a lot of flack over saying this. People say, you say face infinity without flinching and let you left Australia. You know, they're thinking, they don't understand what infinity means. I'm not saying face anything without flinching. Face infinity without flinching. Reality can change at any moment. Anything could happen. I mean, you could have a bomb drop on your neighbor's house, whatever. You could have eight-foot-tall aliens come through a portal in your lounge room if you live in Miami. So uh, you could have anything happen at any moment of the day. The world could rapidly change, and you simply have to go with that. Being able to face infinity without flinching is the knack of being able to face with serenity odds and circumstances that are not included in your calculations and to simply be able to go with that. Okay, 
step onto the path. This is the new path that I'm on. I can adapt to it and I'm not going to get stressed out about it. This is simply the way it is now. It's like when I had to leave Australia. If I couldn't adapt and couldn't face infinity without flinching, I never could have left Australia. When I had that intuition that it was going to be really bad if I stayed and my intuition was like tugging at my solar plexus, like pulling me to get out, I'm going, but really? I've got all this stuff here. I'm ready. I'm totally set up. I've got three pantries full of food. I'm, I'm totally ready for the big collapse, you know. But I, I just, well, no, I've got to go. And I had to step onto that. I arrived in Mexico. didn't know anybody here. Didn't have an address. Didn't have a phone number. Jeff wasn't even in the country. I was just hoping someone was going to be there to pick me up from the airport and have a place that I could go and stay in because I didn't know what I was doing. And then three days after I got here, my house in, in Australia got raided by the cops. Uh, they shut all my bank accounts down. I was just suddenly here in a, in a third world country with no connections to anything that I'd known before. It was all gone. Even my connections to finances was all gone. You know, and I just had to step onto that. That's what it means. Face infinity without flinching. It's your new path now. A world of infinite possibility. Anything could happen. You know, three years ago when I was sitting in Australia, in October the 1st, in, in 2020, sitting in Australia, the last thing I would have believed was that I was going to be in Mexico a month later. That's the last thing I would have expected for my life to be. Going to be in Mexico with no ties to anything, no bank accounts, nothing. Police looking for me in my own country, all sorts of – I didn't expect that. And yet when it came to me, I simply had to do it. I did it and I didn't fuck, I didn't buckle, I didn't fold. You know, I, I just went with where the universe was leading me. This is now the new path that I'm on, <laughs> what I expected. That's what it is, being able to adapt to any sort of situation. I put that out there so much because I believe a lot of the people in the United States, when this collapse comes, it's going to be sudden. It's going to be like nothing that you've ever experienced before. And when it does, you've got to be prepared to simply adapt to that new reality and do what needs to be done. No point sitting there whinging and crying and and fretting and going, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Someone needs to fix it. No one's going to fix it. You need to adapt yourself to your new path. So you need to be able to face infinity without flinching. The path of the warrior. The warrior can walk any path. It doesn't matter what it tries to present to you. You can adapt. You can walk that path without flinching. You can just do it because that's what needs to be done. That's your reality now, being able to adapt to that. So I say no stake in the outcome. No stake in the outcome to any of the plans that you make because the world could change at any moment. And another thing that I often say is that if you throw yourself to the wind, you can ride it. And uh, just those... Without a carpet? (laughs) Without a carpet. You can just ride it, you know. And and that's what I've done. I've just kind of thrown myself to the wind. And I always seem to land in the right spot. Things just seem to go the way they're supposed to go. Another thing, people say to me, how have you done all the things you've done when you've never had any plans to do any of this stuff? It's because I can throw myself to the wind and I can ride it and I can face infinity without flinching and I can adapt to any situation. And if I couldn't do that, I wouldn't have done all the things that I've done because I would have had other plans. So I just don't really make plans, you know, just vague plans. Like I plan to go to Europe in March. No idea what will happen when I get there. You know, I'm not even paying for it. Someone's flying me over there. Okay, bring me to Europe and we'll see what happens when I get there, you know. I'll be back at some stage, but I don't, haven't got that planned either. So I'm just really open to things unfolding the way they, they will and being able to adapt to it. And I think that's a way to, to get through life, you know. Isn't it also faith? Max, having faith in um... <clears throat> having faith, I guess. I mean, it isn't even a matter of having faith. Like, um, um, uh, people, 
people, I mean, I mean, even that comes down to belief. It's like, yeah, I believe that if I do this, I'll be okay. It's a knowing. It's more of a knowing, just knowing that you're here to walk whatever path the universe gives you or God gives you or whatever. You're just here to, to walk that path and not, not having any plans on what that needs to be. Not having any, I mean, the only thing I have faith in is that I will leave the realm one day. That, that's the only thing I know about my life for certain is that one day I will die and I will leave the realm. Everything else that comes between now and then is bonus, you know, and it, it's what energetic state I'm in and what information I've gathered along the way, how I've grown my soul along the way. Have I improved the world by my presence in it? I don't have any stake in any of the stuff. I don't need all the possessions. I mean, I had all that stuff. I had everything. I had, had PA systems. I had all the sort of shit I needed, guitars, women, everything that I needed. I just walked away from it all. Didn't didn't worry me. It doesn't, doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything to me. I've lost my possessions a couple of times through my life. It doesn't mean anything to me. The stuff I've accumulated here in Mexico, if I have to walk away from it all, it doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't matter. You know, what's intact is my soul, my, my consciousness and my spirit. And uh, all I really need is, is the clothes on my back and a, a warm place to sleep at night. So, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty good with that. So, I mean, it isn't even a matter of faith. It's just knowing what you're for, knowing that things will work out and, and knowing that it's an emotional mirror. If you stress about it, well, it's not going to work out for you. You're going to mirror that back to you. I don't stress about anything. I just sort of go with the flow and I ended up being where I'm supposed to be. It doesn't matter if I'm sleeping on a pile of rags on in a shed somewhere. As long as I'm comfortable, I'm warm, I'm good, I'll get up the next day. Perhaps I'll be somewhere else the next night. It doesn't matter. And I've lived in mansions. I've lived in homeless shelters. I've lived in storm drains. So, you know, it doesn't really matter to me. It's all about the experience and what you do with it, Don. I'll remember that when there's an EMP and I'm in Miami. And I'm like, how the fuck did I, of all people, end up in a smart city? But, yeah, I'll... Yeah, you want to get out of that smart city. You're not putting yourself in a good position to be no. able to face infinity without flinching, darling. Right. You're kind of putting yourself in the worst position, knowing, well, I better be ready for what's coming, you know? Now, get out of there. Come to Mexico. Do something, do something else, you know? Yeah, well, on that note, I will see you in, in a month, inshallah, as we say in, in, uh, in my home country of Egypt. Um, I'm just going to see if there's any questions. And if we can bring up the Anarchapulco, both Max and I will be there. Let's all go to Mexico. <laughs> so it's a good place. Have... I like it. I love the people. I love Mexico. I love it. It's, it's, I, it's I, been I great having a chat to you, Marianne. Yes, it has, and I will hug you in person. Um, hopefully, in a in a couple of, of weeks. Where can we find you? We have your links in the description. Um, yeah, the cryhouse.com. Just go there. It's all there. Yeah, so, yeah, there we go. Oh, wow. That's nice. I've still got that American Voice radio link there. I haven't been on that radio show since, like, since 2018, but uh, I'll have to. I still like to promote the station. They got me started, but yeah. Yeah, and you also, you had mentioned um, alt-censored and... Uh, that they saved your videos and you've been around for a long time. When my, when they killed my YouTube the first time I was so, I was actually writing about a Google lawsuit and then YouTube deleted me. And then later that afternoon, like at five o'clock, all censored was like 
Bing! We saved all your videos, 200 videos, and I cried yeah. for joy. But yeah. I was so happy that they, they didn't delete them because I didn't. They did that with me, both channels. It was incredible. Like they emailed me and said, we've got it. We've, we've managed to capture all of your stuff. So it's great. I mean, I've, I've still got it all. Anyway, I've got them all. I've got a hard drive here that's that's almost full terabyte worth of stuff or everything I've ever done. So uh, I've got that backed up across a couple of hard drives. So, yeah, I've got it all anyway, but it's really great that they've still got it online there. So, everyone, I hope you enjoyed this, um, this discussion with uh, Max Egan. I did. And... Uh, Face infinity without flinching, grow your soul, make 2024 count. And uh, what does it say? Any word? What is this, Jamie? Is this a comment? The compass, the compass was south for the guest. No other explanation. He knows what I'm talking about. I guess it's a, it's for you, Max. I have no clue. Rock <clears throat> compass was south for the guest. I don't know. All right. Well, we, I'm sorry we don't know what you're talking about. I, I certainly... Maybe it's something to do with Australia. It's a super chat. I don't know if you want to... <clears throat> person can give a couple of words. If not, <laughs> we're, we're going to sign off. Please All like good. and, All and subscribe. We'll talk soon. Yes, we will talk. Thank you for your time, Max. Lots of love to you. My pleasure. All right. So that's that one wrapped up. Oh, that's good. Oh, they fitted it in. 45 minutes. Oh, that's all right. That's pretty good. Um, so what I might do, just a couple more minutes, I'll just take it out with a, a song or something, and um, oh, we'll continue from there on the next episode, just um, my usual strange days. Um, be it about another probably hour, I'll come in with that. Just got to get some things done and get together and sort out a few little... Niches and glitches in the background, I guess you could call it. <sighs> Niches and glitches. Keeps on your toes, guys. No doubt about it. <clears throat> yeah, I'll just put a little, um, come across something before and I'll put a song on and we'll just uh, end, the, end it nice and clean there, I reckon. Um... Right. There's a massive change for the better happening on the planet right now. This change won't be on the news, and it hasn't gone viral. And if you don't look for it, you won't even notice it's happening. This change is quietly happening in the hearts of humanity. People are realizing that we become what we focus our attention on, and we influence this reality based on who we become. So people are realizing that fighting is senseless, and focusing on the chaos is futile. Rather, people are quietly focusing on creating their version of heaven on earth. They are healing themselves and focusing on creating more beauty. People are realizing that awakening to their own divinity is what protects them from manipulation and allows them to become the change they want to see. It's strength in numbers to create such a beautiful world that it will be obvious for others to join. To the point where one day they will hold a war and no one will come. The frequencies of war, greed, and manipulation will no longer be able to exist in a reality full of sovereign awakened beings living connected to their divinity. There's a map. All right, so we'll just um, take it out with a song now and we'll, while the old girl's shutting down. And, um, 
Yeah. <laughs> right, just going to shut down the program. I hope you got something out of that, guys, and I'll um, yeah, I'll catch you in about an hour. So tonight, late night, I'm going to start thinking about actually doing a permanent slot. I am thinking, thinking, thinking about that. All right, I'll let you know more about that on the next episode. Really starting to get my act together here, and um, I think that'd be great to do a permanent slot. All right, my friends, <coughs> I'll um, I'll catch us on the next episode of Strange Days. i